face. Good morning to everyone once again. We've already been greeted pretty well by good prayer, good song, good scripture reading. This class, of course, has been going through the book of Proverbs in different ways, and this morning we'll be in the book of Proverbs, and we'll be focusing on the home, but more specifically on wives, wives, this morning. And if you're thinking this, it is true, I am a little nervous about this. But let's begin by reading a few very positive statements about wives from the book of Proverbs. Are you ready to go this morning? You feel okay? All right. Let's start in chapter 12, book of Proverbs, chapter 12. Let's notice a few statements about, about wives. Proverbs 12 and verse 4. Proverbs 12 and verse 4. Your translation may read a little different. I'm reading from the English Standard Version this morning. <clears throat> Proverbs 12, verse 4, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, and she who brings shame is like rottenness, rottenness in his bones. So two different kinds of women described there. First part, excellent wife. Second part, not so much. All right? Chapter 14, verse 1. Proverbs 14, uh, verse 1. In chapter 14, verse 1, we read about the wise woman. The wise woman uh, builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. So the wise woman builds her house, but the woman who is, has full of folly, she with her own hands tears it down. 14 verse 1. And then chapter 19. Chapter 19 verse 14. 1914. Reading just a few statements to get us going about wives. We've read about Chapter 14, 1, the wise woman builds her house. Chapter 12, verse 4, an excellent wife is the crown to her husband. Chapter 19, verse 14, house and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. A prudent wife is from the Lord. All right. Chapter 31 now, verse 10. 31 verse 10. Again, an excellent wife, virtuous woman, excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. Her price is far above rubies. So 31 verse 10, excellent wife, who can find that? Well, Proverbs 18.22 
says, uh, whoever finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. <clears throat> so, obviously, if a man finds a prudent wife, an excellent wife, then he has found a good thing and he obtains favor from the Lord. So I want to do three things together this morning. First, I want us to look at the blessing of a prudent wife. The word prudent simply means one who is thoughtful, one who is very caring for the present, future, and especially eternity. So I want to look at the blessing of a prudent wife. And then notice the shame that the other type of wife brings. And then finally go back and notice from Proverbs 31 a few characteristics of the excellent wife or prudent wife. Okay. So let's begin. And going back to chapter 12, verse 4. Chapter 12, verse 4. Notice the statement there that an excellent wife is the crown of her husband. The excellent wife is the crown of her husband. We are familiar with talking about crowns when we think about heaven. And that's what we ought to do. Because heaven is described with crowns. Our reward is going to be a crown. For example, in Revelation 2 verse 10, if we are faithful unto death, we will receive the crown of life crown of life. The Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 8, he said he was looking forward to that crown of righteousness, the crown of righteousness. Peter in 1 Peter 5 and verse 4 says, we'll receive a crown of glory, crown of glory. Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, at the end of that chapter, he says that that crown will be an incorruptible crown. One that will never fade away. Incorruptible, imperishable uh, crown. So when we think about crowns, we're, we're accustomed to thinking about the next life and our reward there. But there are also temporary crowns to be enjoyed by Christians in this life. You see, 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8 says that godliness has the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. God's gonna surely bless us in the next life, but there are also many blessings right here as we live. And one of those crowns is the wife, the excellent wife. She is the crown for her, her husband. Let's just kind of think about crowns and this life for just a minute or two. Turn back with me to Psalm 103, Psalm 103. Let's think about a couple of those temporary crowns. Psalm 103 mentions a temporary crown. We read this leading up to Thanksgiving the other day. It's a great, great passage. Psalm 103, one through five. But if you let your eyes go down to verse four, Psalm 103, verse four, says uh, one of the blessings of God is that he redeems your life from the pit and he crowns you, notice that, verse 4, he crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Love and mercy. Love and mercy. 
So one of the great crowns in this life, if we're following God, is that we can, we can, just, we can just enjoy the love and mercy of God. Because we've come to Him, we've, we've looked closely at His love, we've, we've looked closely at His Son, we realize that we wouldn't have an opportunity to even think about being saved from our sins without the love and mercy of God. We, can, we realize that we depend on that love and mercy as we strive to seek and serve Him every day. The love and mercy of God is um, a tremendous blessing. What, what would we do without it? How can we even think about praying? How can we even think about getting up and face? How can we think about uh, approaching someone else with the gospel if it were not for the love and mercy of God? What a crown that is. What a blessing that is. But that crown can be enhanced if we learn to be like God and be, be loving ourselves and be merciful even ourselves. Uh, thinking about that, look over to Proverbs 3 and verse 3. Thinking about attaching that love and mercy of God to ourselves. Look at Proverbs 3 and verse 3. The encouragement here is, Proverbs 3 verse 3, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you, uh, but rather bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart, so you'll find favor and good, good success in the sight of God and man. See that? We're to take this faithfulness and mercy and love and bind it on us as if we were wearing it as a necklace all the time. Write it on the tablet of our hearts. If we do this, if we recognize the love and mercy of God and we seek to be like God in love and mercy, what a crown that is, what a blessing that is, uh, even right now. Even right now. So thinking about these temporary crowns, let's think about another temporary crown. Look at Proverbs 17. Proverbs 17, uh, verse 6. Proverbs 17, verse 6. So notice that. It says, um, it says, Grandchildren are the crown of the aged, and they are the, glo the glory of children is, is their father's. Okay, notice that grandchildren can be a crown, can be an, an extra blessing, can be one of these temporary crowns that we can enjoy uh, in this life right now. And many of you have found that uh, to be the case. Right. Over in Psalm 127, verse 3, we read that children are an heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is His reward. It is a reward to have children in your lives. There's so much to learn. There is, it's, it challenges us. It forces us to be the example that um, we ought to be. And so what a blessing that is. And, and grandchildren, grandchildren are a crown of life. So these temporary crowns, such as love and mercy, such as, such as grandchildren, now let's go back to Proverbs 12, verse 4, and think about this. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. How is a, an excellent wife 
a blessing to her husband. We'll see this as we proceed along. One thing that pops into my mind is when, is when Jesus talked about marriage in Matthew 19. When he asked, have you not read that he who made them in the beginning made them male and female and said, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. And the two, I think this is, this is part of the answer right here. The two shall become one flesh. The crown is that phrase. That, and that's not just a phrase, it's a process, isn't it? It's a process many of us are still right in the midst of, is, is that two becoming one flesh, that two becoming one. That's the crown of life. That's, that's the way marriage is supposed to be. That, that's the way marriage is a blessing, is when you, when you stay in there and you're, you're locked in there together, and you are serving the Lord, and you're not doing everything perfectly, but you are growing together. That is the crown that comes uh, from marriage. Okay. So what more would you say about this idea of the excellent wife being a crown to her husband? I just wanted to notice that blessing with you. But what else might you say about it? Yeah, an excellent wife will help you get to heaven. That growing together, and that's really the, the idea of preparing for marriage, is, is someone who's going to help me uh, get to heaven. It's going to uh, walk with me uh, as we walk with God. What else might you say? An excellent wife is a crown. Okay. seems to me that perhaps uh, women are the more spiritual than men. I know that uh, in God's wisdom it is male leadership in the church. That's very, very clear. But uh, even in Old Testament times, uh, uh, <coughs> New Testament, talking about uh, the, the value and the worth of, of a woman, Seems to me like the, her spirituality is the air beneath the wings of a man. He may receive the physical glory and admiration of men, but uh, I think so many times the good wife, the spiritual wife, is the air beneath his wings. Okay. And uh, that's the value I see God giving his wife. Okay. Thank you, Brother Larry, saying that. The value of a wife is that she has a tremendous spiritual nature about her, most do, and that that provides sort of a strength uh, to the husband heir beneath his wings, as it were, and um, that is a blessing. That's, that's, um, that's God's way of encouraging uh, the man. And that's, that's appreciate that very much. Okay. Roger has an excellent wife who helps helps him in many ways, and that, that what a blessing uh, that is. So we can easily see here Proverbs twelve verse four: the excellent wife is the crown of 
her husband. And so guys, it would be really good to say that to her uh, every so often and um, let her know that she is uh, your crown. You don't have to say it in public, but just let her know in as many ways as you can. All right, let's, let's go to our second main section this morning, and that is to notice uh, chapter 12, verse 4, Proverbs here, and notice the second part of the verse is that the ungodly wife, the, the wife that is not excellent, she brings shame and can become to the husband like rottenness, rottenness in his bones. Okay. So we want to notice what type of woman is it that brings shame? Instead of being a crown, she brings shame. There are two big reasons to look at this part. Uh, first, in preparation of a young lady, uh, she needs to know what kind of woman God wants her to become. So in looking at this, that what we're about to look at, it will help us to train our young ladies. But it also will help us to help our young guys choose wisely. What kind of woman do they want to be choosing? What do, what do, do they want to be looking at? Okay. They need to know the positive traits and the negative traits. So we'll be looking at some of the negative traits here for just a second. Now, in the book of Proverbs, one big thing that brings shame is this quarreling. Quarreling. So let's look at these verses together. Quarreling. Quarreling. Okay. And let's start in 19. And just turn with me if you don't mind. Start in chapter 19. And it's verse uh, 13. 19 verse 13. Mm -hmm. It says, um, Proverbs 19, 13. A foolish son is ruined to his father, and a wife's quarreling is a continual dripping, is like a continual dripping of rain. Quarreling. Quarreling. Look at that verse in 1913. This poor father here, he has a foolish son, and he has a wife that's quarreling all the time. Okay. It's not great. 21. 21, 19 now. Proverbs 21, 19. Twenty-one, nineteen. It is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. Okay. So the writer here has no problem expressing the very thoughts of our hearts when it comes to this kind of thing. It is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome, not just a quarrelsome, but a fretful woman. What's a fretful woman? Woman. Angry woman. Angry, okay. fretful, angry, nagging, nagging. Um, fretful also can include worrisome, worrisome. Uh, if we become a worrisome person, it's usually because our parents were worrisome, especially mom, especially mom. So twenty-one nineteen. So what brings shame? Okay, what? What do uh, we need to be training in regard um, to our young ladies? Uh, watch out for quarrel, quarreling, quarreling. All right, 25, chapter 25, 24. Proverbs 25, 24. 
It is better to live in a corner of the housetop. So you just got to appreciate these uh, expressions here. It would be bad enough to live on, have to live on top of the house. But to have to live at the corner of the top of the house. It is better to live in, the, in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome, quarrelsome wife. Now chapter uh, 27, this will be three verses together. Chapter 27, three verses together. We're looking at um, wives in the book of Proverbs. We've noticed some positive traits, and we'll look at some more positive <laughs> traits. But right now, we're looking at how an ungodly wife would bring shame. So Proverbs uh, 27, <clears throat> beginning in verse uh, 15, 15. A continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. To restrain her is to try to restrain the wind or to grasp, grasp oil in one's right hand. Verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens Another. Those three verses go together in my view. Okay. This is why we are focusing on the idea that you look at this in the sense of trying to train your young ones, our teens, our 20-something year olds, because they're getting ready to get married. Okay. And for our, our young ladies, what kind of lady does God want them to be? He doesn't want them to be a quarrelsome person. Okay. And for our young men, they need to choose wisely. Okay. And there's a warning here against a quarrelsome person. All right. Once that is set in stone, notice here in chapter 27, verse 16. Once a lady becomes quarrelsome, okay, it's hard for that to ever change. Not impossible, because there is the hope of the gospel, but it's hard. Notice verse 16. To restrain her is like trying to restrain the wind. Or, to, or like trying to grasp oil in your hand. Okay, it's near impossible. Okay. That's why it's so important that you make the proper decision before you get married. Because after you're in there and you've got this quarrelsome situation or other situations, changing that is just about near impossible. Not impossible, but it's near, nearly there. And that's why in verse 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. The guys and girls need to be talking about this. They need to be talking to their young ones about marriage, you see. That's why I wanted to put verse 15, 16, 17 together. Okay. We, we sharpen each other by warning each other about about the type of individual we're going to be um, getting into marriage uh, with. Okay. So one thing that brings shame is a quarrelsome wife. How can a young man figure out whether or not he's associating with a quarrelsome lady? How can he figure that out? Okay. Well, he must listen carefully. 
and observe carefully. God has given us the ability to do that. So what do you do? You listen carefully as to how she talks with you. Not just how she talks with you in front of her parents. Okay. You remember that old show, Leave It to Beaver? And Eddie Haskell? Don't remember Eddie Haskell? Leave it. He was a shining star when the parents were around, but he got the boys in trouble when they were not around. Okay. Listen to how she talks to you. Listen to how she talks to other people. Listen to how she talks about other people. Listen to how she talks about her parents. Listen carefully. Listen to how she talks about her preacher. Listen carefully. Is there a preacher? Is there a church? How does she speak about them? Okay. Listen to how she... Listen to, to how her mother speaks. How does her mother carry herself? How does she speak? How does she speak about others? Okay. There are things that you can do and observe to be able to figure out whether or not you're dealing with a quarrelsome, quarrelsome lady. Okay. What else might you say along those lines? If, a, if you're trying to train a young lady to come up and be godly, if you're trying to help a young man to choose wisely, what else? might you say. I'm just throwing things out that I've been told over the years and tried to use a little bit. To us that's older, that same the results of bad companionship. We got the wisdom to know what you need to look for. It's our responsibility to relay that to our kids with Bible references. If they don't hear it from us, they could find it out hard. Yeah. Yeah. Nathan's saying those who are older, who have gained wisdom from experience and from scripture, we're the ones that must guide the young ones uh, lest they get into a hard uh, situation. Okay. Very you good. also have to be willing to be corrected by scripture. Yes. So I see things that I'm doing wrong just through this lesson. <coughs> Okay, Sister Julie is saying that we have to be willing to be corrected by Scripture so that um, we can teach our young ladies and young men to also be able to receive that correction from God. So in training them up, we want to condition their heart toward a great respect for God and His Word. That's good. That's good. Tonight, tonight women uh, tend to be, I like to use the word nagging. <laughs> I think we tend to be that way because a lot of times we see things in the man we're going to marry that we don't particularly like, but we think because he loves us, it's going to change. Okay. And so the nagging comes later on thinking, you know, if I, if I bring this up enough, <laughs> he's, going to, he's going to change, and it doesn't work. Okay. It almost does the opposite. So our girls need to, you know, better be looking at the man and not think, well, you know, I don't like it. It's a little rough with me, but that'll change. Okay. And it rarely 
Sister uh, Kay is saying that tendency to nag among women, I want to repeat that, Sister Kay brought that up. So. Uh, but her observation is excellent, is, and we have seen it, we have seen it, you and I, we've seen it, that a young lady, she sees some things going into marriage, and she, in her mind, she says, I can get this change. I can get this changed. She gets into marriage, it's not changing, and so she just becomes more and more like dripping rain. She just continues and continues and makes the, things, makes the thing worse because the change is not happening, and so then the nagging comes in and the quarrelsome nature uh, comes in. And so, so God here, he is warning us. He's warning us. He's, he's, he's uh, shining a light on this so that we can... We can help one another. As iron sharpens iron, so one man helps another. Sister Out is saying, it really is impossible to change another person. That really is true. You cannot change another person. We, we tend to think that, but uh, if that person doesn't have the heart uh, within them to change, then you're not going to change another person. And that's, that's what Miss Kay was saying, was that, that that young man, you got to look carefully at that young man, like a young man is looking carefully at the young woman, you got to look at that. That young man ask the same questions toward him. Try to try to listen for his heart. And Jesus says in Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The only thing we can do is to listen carefully, listen to, listen to their words, listen to their thoughts, listen to their family's thoughts, and get the best ideal from that. Now there's a little um, nugget of inspiration here. As, as the Proverbs writer is talking about this quarrelsome woman, notice he uses some humor here. Okay? It's almost hard not to laugh. Better to dwell on the corner of the housetop than with a quarrelsome woman. It, a quarrelsome, quarrelsome woman is like dripping rain. It'd be, it's better to be better to live in the desert. We're not going to go live in the desert. We're not going to live on top of a house. But look at his humor here. And I think there's a nugget of of truth there or nugget of advice and that is in marriage and in the home we don't need to take ourselves too seriously there needs to be humor there needs to be laughter in the home and I think that is huge in marriage because no marriage is going to be perfect okay? even with all the training you can do it's still going to be some difficult roads and I think just personally you can disagree but just personally, I just think that, that the ability not to take yourself too seriously. Okay? Of course, we're, we're serious about the soul, but we're not, we, we don't want to be too serious about our handling of the gospel or our handling of life. You know? We need to be able to poke fun at each other and poke fun at yourself with each other in the home to loosen things up so that people can be free to live and pre, free to breathe and free to laugh. You know, 
I, I think that's a nugget of truth here. In marriage and in the home and with, with the children, I, I just think that some folks are, too, are buttoned up way too tight. And, and it's just like kids are afraid to, 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 uh, to live in fear that they're going to do something wrong this way or that. And, that, and in saying that, guys, it, the same thing in the church family. Same thing in the church family. A church family can get buttoned up way too tight and it's almost as if we're afraid to, to live and move and worship freely. And so we need to keep a sense of humor, respectful toward God always, but not to take ourselves so seriously because there's only one master. Okay? There's only one perfect being and it's not us. Right. So... Notice here, we've noticed um, the importance of a prudent wife. She's a crown to her husband. But also we've noticed that a woman can bring shame, especially through quarrelsome uh, nature. Contributing to the downfall of her husband. Well, any other thoughts you have along these lines? You want to have, not be so serious, look in the mirror and see what everybody else has been laughing at? Yes, yes, look in the mirror and see what everybody else sees, and that'll bring you down to, bring you down, my dad used to say it'll bring you down a notch. We have great respect or marriage. And us guys, if we're worth anything, we have great respect for our, for our wives. And I feel this way. I feel like I, I outmarried myself. That's why Brother Hugo McCord would come to the campus at Faulkner University many times and talk to guys about their personal lives. And he said, I outmarried myself, and most of you will too. Okay. And that's true. We marry up, guys. We marry way up, and we're thankful for the spiritual nature of our wives that encourage us to be more godly. Okay. And so we have great respect uh, for, for marriage. There's a movie uh, back in 1995, Harrison Ford uh, starred in it, but the name of the movie is called Sabrina. Sabrina. And it's about... Um, Sabrina is the chauffeur's daughter. And the rich family there in the movie is the Larrabees. Harrison Ford plays one of the sons of the Larrabees. Well, he falls in love with the chauffeur's daughter, Sabrina. And um, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a woman's movie, guys, but it's, it's, it's nice. And I, and I remember what uh, the Larrabee son said to the chauffeur as, as he finally talked to the dad about wanting to marry the daughter. 
he looked to the chauffeur and he said, he said, concerning the chauffeur's daughter, he said, I don't deserve her, but I need her. And he said, as rich as he was, he said, I don't need anything, but I need her. That's always stayed with me because that really is the case. You know, God created woman to be what? Genesis 2, 18, to be the helpmate, the helper uh, for uh, the man. The rest of our lesson was to look at uh, Proverbs uh, 31, verses 11 through the end of the chapter, and we may, we may come back to that uh, later, but you can see those qualities. It begins in verse 10, talking about the virtuous woman, her price is far above any kind of jewel, and then it begins to list her qualities there. And we don't have time to, to really dive into that chapter, but it'd be good to read that uh, in relation to what we've been talking about uh, this morning. David, a good quality in dating is see who is the most spiritually minded toward the church, what it means to them. In our family, when Kayla was growing up, she made a choice to come on and worship even though we have family at the house that didn't want to. She wanted to come home. Yeah. She, she had that spiritual emphasis about it. Good. Let's have a prayer before um, we dismiss class. <coughs> Holy Father, we are, we are thankful for, for your goodness. We're thankful, Father, for the crowns that you give us in this life. We're especially... Father, looking forward to the crown up above. Lord, we're thankful for the home, for marriage, for children. We're thankful, Father, for the, for the good advice here in the book of Proverbs. Help us to take it to heart, O oh Lord. Help us to be humble in your sight. Help us to help one another get to heaven. We pray for our homes here within our Midway family. This is our continuous prayer, Lord, that you would be with our moms especially. We're thankful for We're thankful for them, for all the work that they do, for the energy that they expend, for the sacrifice that they make, for the children they love. We pray for our moms. pray for our dads as well. Help us, Lord, to be men of God. We're thankful for our grandparents and the tremendous blessing and encouragement that they are. We're thankful for friends of family who help us to stay in the right way. We're thankful, Lord, that we can so live that perhaps we can be an influence for good for others. We pray, Father, now as we're about to enter into worship that you'd help us to have the heart and mind set to bring praise to your high and holy name. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.